Do, do you understand the feeling that I'm trying to, to express here? Do, do, do you understand what I'm talking about here? Something happens when we are in the, the presence of, of power. Something happens when, when we are in the presence of greatness. Today we're going to take that up a notch and talk about ha- what happens when we are in the presence of God. Our text is Isaiah describing his call into the ministry. When, when he saw God and, and God told him what his job was, was going to be. Here in the presence of God, two things happen. God's holiness overwhelms, and God's mercy inspires. The the text is printed for you in the bulletin. Let's read it. First of all, uh, we'll go the first five verses. In the year that King Uzziah died, so here Isaiah is giving you some historical context. Uzziah was one of the the more powerful kings of Judah, expanding its territory and, and its influence, really more powerful than anyone since Solomon. But now that that great power was dead. And there the people were without the the one that they had been leaning on for so long. And so God shows Isaiah to show the people that Isaiah, his power was really nothing when, when you look at this. So in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With with two they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. In the presence of God, God's holiness overwhelms. You you saw that really clearly here, right? Isaiah says he saw the Lord, and he uses that name for God that, that describes the one who is in control, the one who's ruling, the one with power. Isaiah says he was high and exalted. And then look at how Isaiah describes him. Isaiah sees God, and all he says is, well, the hem of his robe filled the temple. It was big. Think about that. He saw God, and he couldn't get his eyes up past the the, the robe. Nothing about, well, this is what his face looked like, or you should have seen his muscles, but, but no. The hem of his robe filled the temple. Like when uh, um, the elders of Israel on Mount Sinai, remember they got to see the glory of the Lord? Do you remember that description? The, the only thing we get is, well, the pavement around his feet was blue. That's it. That's how overwhelming the, the, the presence of God, the holiness of God is. 
and the angels there, the, the, the holy, mighty, powerful angels, perfect and sinless, the, the, the angels whose own voices were so powerful that they made the whole place shake and fill with smoke. Those angels are, 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 are cowering before the Lord, right? Covering their, their faces, covering their feet. We're not worthy. And look at what they're saying. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Holy. God is holy. So the exact opposite of sin. The absolute antithesis of us. I, I don't care how bright and shiny, how majestic and powerful the, the, this, this scene is, how, how even, even you, know, you hear here the, the reference to the, the three in one, that trinity, that mind-blowing thing that our minds can't even comprehend, how, how powerful and majestic God is. What, what really overwhelms here is this. God is holy. And here's why that overwhelms. Because holiness and sin cannot coexist. One destroys the other. It it has to. So if I, a sinner, am in the presence of holiness, well, either that holiness isn't going to be holy anymore or I'm going to be gone. That's what holiness means. Don't Skip this part. Don't don't miss this reality, this need to bow before our holy God. Because it is is really tempting. It's really easy to to take the shortcut here. Right? I mean, because none of us have a problem saying, yes, God is holy, and I'm a sinner. We get that. But we don't always want to live with the reality, with the with the consequence of that truth. Right? I mean. Think about it. You have no problem. I heard you say it during the confession. You have no problem saying, yes, I'm a sinner. But how do you feel when someone else tells you that? When it's someone else pointing out your sin. How dare you accuse me of messing that up? You wouldn't have done any better. I don't know how so-and-so can, can, can get off you know, criticizing me. I'm the one doing the work here. Those sound familiar? How how dare you tell me that I failed in this situation? Look at you. No, Isaiah says, not look at you. Look at God. Remember what we saw in the presence of God. His holiness overwhelms. It exposes every last chink in my armor, every every last less than perfect thing in our lives and, and in our hearts, much more than being in the presence of some famous person makes me realize how I'm not like them. God's holiness shuts up every one of our defenses and every one of our excuses and, and rationales. Instead of looking around and comparing ourselves with others, we need to look at God here. In the presence of the holy, holy, holy Lord, his holiness overwhelms. And whether you want to think about it or not, he's here and he's holy. 
Isaiah understood it the, the moment he was brought face to face with this. And his words are, are the only things we can say when we think about being in the presence of God. Verse 5, woe to me, I am ruined, I, I'm in trouble. In the presence of God, I, I'm helpless. So now that we get that part of it, God's holiness overwhelms. Now we can see what happens next. Look at verses 6 to 8. <clears throat> then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the t- with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. This holy, holy, holy God is mercy. Right? The, the angel takes the, the coal, the burning coal, from, from the altar, from the place where those, those sacrificial offerings were, were, were offered in the fire, those, those uh, substitutionary sacrifices that the people could make. He, he takes a coal from that and touches Isaiah's lips. Now, now, all of those sacrifices that were offered on that altar, the, the lambs and the rams and the goats, they, they were all pointing forward to the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world, right? They, they were uh, connecting people to Jesus, right? And, and since, since Jesus hadn't in time come yet and, and, and done what Jesus did, well, God sends the angel to connect Isaiah to Jesus' work, to Jesus' sacrifice, by using the means that God had given to those Old Testament people. And think about it, with something as terrifying as a live burning coal touching his lips, with something as awful as that, God removed his guilt and atoned for his sin. That's how God works. The whole earth is full of his glory. Because with something as terrifying and awful as as an innocent man executed in broad daylight on a cross, with something that terrifying, your guilt is taken away. And your sins are atoned for. So now, because of that awful thing, We can be in the presence of God. He has made us holy. Not because we have good enough excuses for the things we've done. Not because we can find someone else who looks worse. But because the sacrifice was made and the sins removed and the guilt atoned for. God has made us able to stand in his presence. So never forget how much God's holiness overwhelms. Because when we remember that, when we remember what we deserve from that holy God, then the second thing happens. His mercy inspires. I mean, it does for Isaiah. Look at his response. Cleansed and forgiven, God gives him an opportunity. Wh- whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And, and Isaiah jumps at it. Well, of course I will. Here am I. Send me. 
I mean, thrilled with the idea of being able to be in the presence of the holy God? Well, of course, I want to be a part of this. So you know what comes next. How about you? Here you are in the presence of a holy God. And you hear the saints and angels singing out his praise in his word. And in the water of your baptism, God reached out and touched you and washed your sins away, made you his child, made you holy. Next week, we'll, we'll receive the Lord's Supper. And, and when, when you approach the altar and, and hear the holy, 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 something, something much more powerful than, than, than even a, a burning coal will touch your lips. The body and blood of Jesus. Making you holy. And you think about that song. You know, when, as we're getting ready for communion, what do we sing? Holy, holy, holy. Oh, now I'm doing the hymn version, the, the tune. But you know what I mean? The, the holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Why do we sing that every week? Just because, well, the church has always done that. No, because, because we're reminding ourselves we are in the presence of a holy God. And here is his mercy for you. So what next? Well, just like God had an opportunity for Isaiah, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? God's got some opportunities for us as a church. God has given us so many things that, that we can do to go for him. I mean, just look at the, the information table out there. There's sign-up sheets galore. Here we are in the presence of the holy God, and, and God says, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Overwhelmed by God's holiness and, and inspired by his mercy, may we say with Isaiah, here am I, send me. In Christ, amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus, amen. So today is...